welcome to the Juicy Living Podcast. My name is Tara, I am your host, and this series is designed to inspire you to design your most juicy and beautiful life. Tune in. Hello, hello. I'm so excited that you are here tuning into this throwback episode I did with Dr. Joe Vitelli. Let me tell you, this was such an honor to have this conversation. Now, Dr. Joe Vitelli is a world-renowned personal development expert. He is the star of the blockbuster hit movie on the law of attraction, The Secret. I believe now he's written over 80 books. Um, he is just such an incredible soul. Um, he has such a kind heart, and our conversation was just fun. It was full of insights. He has so much wisdom to share, and I am truly honored to share this one with you as well. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations with One Million Meditators. Today is a super awesome and exciting day because we are blessed and joined by the wonderful Dr. Joe Vitali. It is such an honor to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Of course. I've been looking forward to this. I love what you're doing. You're making a difference in this great way. So, of course, I want to participate and assist. Well, it is such such an honor. I'm going to introduce Joe for people that don't know him, although I'm sure everybody here does. He is a world-renowned personal development expert and star of the blockbuster hit movie on Law of Attraction, The Secret. Author of over 75 books on a wide range of development topics, he's helped thousands at his live events and millions through the internet, his books, and educational programs. Dr. Vitali has developed a new awakening with love and all of the skills and knowledge he's gained in over 35 years of helping people will create the life they desire and deserve. Now, how fabulous is that? <laughs> I mean, that just sounds, sounds cool. that just sounds like super, super cool. So um, yeah, that is amazing. Thank you for the work that you do. I would love to ask you, how did you begin on this journey 30 some years ago? You know, I get asked that question from time to time. And I really think the best and most honest answer is, I am a self-help teacher who went on the self-help journey because I needed help. I think I was reaching out to really make myself happier and healthier. I grew up in an ab abusive house. I didn't really know what the norm was, but I knew I wasn't happy. And I had always turned to books. Books were my best friends. Books never fought back. Books never put me down. Books never hurt me. And books contained the wisdom of the world. They were entertaining, they were educational. And so then, as well as now, I turned to books for my friendship. And over a very quick period, I learned that these self-help books were really, truly helping me. So I became a self-help author because I needed help. <laughs> Well, that makes perfect sense, right? I mean, right. In, a, in a lot of ways, I can relate. I know as I work, I mean, not to the magnitude that you've done, you've got like so many books, it's incredible. Um, but I know as working on, you know, a few book projects that I have myself, it is very much a really healing journey, like the writing process as you go through it. And that was something that I didn't expect when, when I said yes to it. So it's really interesting that you brought that up. That's cool. Well, writing is healing. Writing is a process of discovery. But writing is also a very inside-out experience. I have found that I've been able to process a lot of the events in my life. 
I went through homelessness. I went through poverty. Most recently, I went through a divorce that was not easy. We'll say that. And writing has been therapy. Writing has been a discovery. And fortunately for me, writing has also been my vocation. So I've made a living from it. But even when people are just turning to writing in terms of a journal, there's a lot of scientific studies that show that kind of meditative inner reflection through the writing experience is actually very healing. So I can say nothing but the greatest praise for writing. And I feel very lucky that I found it early on and have pursued it ever since, including now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and of course, we, we have to bring up the law of attraction, the secret. Where where did that come in? When did you start to um, become aware or notice that shift or was it introduced to you? Well, it's a great question. Again, through books. I am constantly researching, constantly reading, constantly digging. And something in one book will lead me to follow some other book that I never even thought of before. And that book might lead me down another road. I'm kind of following breadcrumbs. And as I was following the self-help books, but going back in time and reading books from the 1800s, they started referring to something called the law of attraction. And it was a variation of mind power, but they were saying that your thoughts actually created a vibration. And there's books from the 19, early 1900s, which I have in my collection now, that taught me that. So I was learning it on my own. I was learning it before there was an internet, before a lot of books were in the public domain, but we had the public library. And I would practice it. And as I got better, slowly over time, and started to get more success, I started to write a little bit about it. And that writing, like I wrote a little book in the late 1990s called Spiritual Marketing. And that book ended up being my first Amazon bestseller. It was picked up by the New York Times, which wrote a feature article on it. That book was picked up by a major publisher in New York who renamed it The Attractor Factor. And that's how you'll find it on Amazon, The Attractor Factor. The Attractor Factor was picked up by a movie director in Australia who called me after reading it and said she wanted to make a movie about the law of attraction and she wanted me in it. And I thought she was a flake because I hear from people all the time who say they have a big idea, but then they don't do anything. And I said, sure, if you get the money together and you get the movie and all that, I'll, I'll show up. Well, son of a gun, she did. And of course that movie was the secret and the secret of course, told everybody about the law of attraction and is still doing it today. It came out in 2006 and that movie is still going around the world. And until the pandemic, I was going around the world to stand on stages in countries I never thought I'd go to. Like Iran was, Iran was the last place I had been before the pandemic. And before that was Russia and the Ukraine and Italy and all because of the secret. So I discovered the law of attraction from books and I practiced it. And then of course wrote about it in my own books and still do today. And of course, ended up in the the now famous movie, The Secret. Well, I love it. And I feel in some like law of attraction way, this is how we ended up here today too, because I, I love that movie. It resonated with me so much, um, you know, years ago. And it really started me on that like curiosity. Well, I mean, I've always been on a curious journey, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I too have, you know, kind of 
books have been my way to learn and to experience things and grow and and um, you know interior designer by trade. So as I went to you know learn back about the history and the architecture, and then as I did with meditation, it was really cool how I noticed they layered together in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, just some some juicy stuff stirred up. So well, I want to point out something if I could interrupt for just a moment. Because you said you're a fan of the law of attraction, too, and you've done the reading and the research. The one thing that you do differently than the average person who hears about the law of attraction is you're not afraid to take action. And this is the one thing I see that people are reluctant to do. They watch the movie The Secret. They read books about the law of attraction. And then they come to the erroneous conclusion that all they have to do is sit, visualize, and whatever they want will be at the front door tomorrow. The doorbell will ring, they'll open it up, and there will be the love of their life or their car, or the money, or Joe Vitale, whoever, whatever. Um, but that's not how it works. It, it can happen that way. I believe in magic and miracles. I'm wearing a shirt that says expect miracles. That's what I put out there. But I also know life is a co-creation and that we have a part to play. We have something to do. My whole point is you reached out to me. You took action. You very politely just raised your hand and said, hey, I'm doing these interviews. Would you like to be honored or may I interview you? And you were so polite and there was such a nice energy to you that I said, yes, I said, yes. But the average person hears about the law of attraction and sits there. They go, well, it really doesn't work. I visualized, I meditated, but nothing happened. In reality, you visualized, you meditated, and you left out the third step, which is get off your butt and go do something that'll help make your visualization and your meditation materialize. So I'm applauding you. Well, thank you. I'm, I, I receive that. I receive that. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And as you've been speaking about meditation, because us here at One Million Meditators, um, the community really believes how impactful um, meditation is um, on a person's well-being, and you know, as a global meditations and how they can impact humanity. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, your I'm experience, because I mean, you've worked with so many people. <laughs> no, I'm all for it. I'm 100% behind it. I believe in meditation. I meditate every day. I've got a couple of different kinds of meditation I do. I think I think my first experiences with meditation were probably in the 1970s. They could have been before that, but I had been a disciple of a spiritual teacher who at that time was called Rajneesh. And Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, very controversial guru, he's gone now, but he focused on meditation and he had books with hundreds of different meditations in them. He had meditations that were active, where you were physically doing things, and he had meditations that were very passive. And so I learned the power of going within and over time learned how to create my life, my outer life, by working on my inner life. So I think if I had to sum up the kinds of meditation I would do today, one is what I'll call a witness meditation. And a witness meditation is where I'm sitting and I'm witnessing my thoughts, my feelings, my body. And as I'm witnessing it, I'm doing my best not to be attached to any of it. I'm really trying to be the observer. Behind our thoughts is this witness. Behind our feelings is this witness. Inside of our body is this witness. You can call it a soul. You can call it an observer. You can create some sort of name for it. 
but the closer I can be to that witness as I'm sitting quietly, the closer I am to enlightenment, the closer I am to God, if you will, to the divine, to Gaia. That's one kind of meditation. The other kind of meditation, I'll just call a gratitude meditation. And one of my favorite things to do, which I will do as many times as I can think of it throughout the day, is just inventory what I'm grateful for. Just look around and be grateful. Be grateful for you in this moment and all the people that tune in, whether it's on Facebook or I don't even know where all this goes and this moment is broadcast, but this is live. And what a grateful experience to be able to do this with you. And the dance that you and I do together touches all these other people. It's very miraculous. You know, a hundred and some years ago, there was a pandemic. There was a virus that was killing people all over the place, worse, maybe worse than this one. But we didn't have the virtual world then. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have whatever you're using to broadcast this to the world. We didn't have the Internet. I mean, we live in a time of magic and miracles. And the more we can realize that, the more we change ourselves, we transform in the moment. We could become more powerful. Our energies are increased our vibration is higher so i would say the second kind of meditation i do is this gratitude meditation and before i stop there i want to say my favorite quote about meditation was a t-shirt i saw 30 years ago and it said on on the t-shirt meditation is not what you think and i loved it because it had a double meaning if you think you know what meditation is you're probably wrong meditation is not what you think and if you think meditation is thinking no, meditation is not thinking. It's beyond thinking or behind thinking. So meditation is not what you think. It's still, I smile every time I think of that T-shirt. It's a good one. That's a good one. I love it. And as we're talking about those watching, I want to give a shout out and say hello to Maria, Magella, Anita, Neil, Stephen. I know there's a few more. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Drop in the comments where you're from. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I wanted to ask you a little about, let's, what, what did we call it before the show? The ho-ho method or the ho-ho <laughs> <laughs> method? Right? The ho-ho method. Oh, no. The ho-ho, yeah. I say it wrong all the time, but, you know, it was a practice that I was introduced to about four years ago, and I, I really loved the story behind it, and I know that, I, I see that's something that you share as well. Would, would you just tell us a little bit about it for those that don't know about it? Well, for those who don't know about it, they're in for a treat because this is the most mind-blowing, miraculous story of all time. I've written three books about Ho'oponopono now, and the first one, Zero Limits, is the one taking the world by storm. It came out, I think, in 2007, and it's still shaking the world. It tells the story, this is a true story, of an unusual therapist who helped heal an entire ward of mentally ill criminals not by doing therapy on them directly, but by working on himself in a meditative way, indirectly. So as he worked on himself and changed himself, the patients around him got better. When I first heard this story, I thought, oh, come on now, that sounds like an urban legend. I believe in magic and miracles. I've read and heard about some pretty profound things. I've seen some profound things. But a therapist who heals mentally ill criminals? without talking to them, without doing therapy with them. Uh, it just sounded like it wasn't true. I heard the story enough that I thought, well, if it is true, somebody better find out and somebody better tell the rest of the world. 
So I became the journalist who looked for that therapist. I did find him. I did find that that story was true. It was the Hawaii State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. And the patients were so dangerous, they were shackled or sedated every single day. And the place was so hellish that doctors and nurses and the social workers would quit. They couldn't take it. They didn't want to be there. And in fact, the state hospital was desperately looking for a doctor to keep their funding. And it was this unusual doctor who said, I'll go and I'll be there at the hospital, but I won't work with your patients directly. I'll do my own brand of therapy. Well, his own brand of therapy was this Hawaiian healing system called Ho'oponopono. And Ho'oponopono is a way of meditatively cleaning up your perceptions of what you think are the problems out there. And as you clean up your perceptions of the problems, funny enough, the problems disappear. They rectify, they resolve, they organically vanish. And it's all because the problems weren't out there to begin with. The problems were in you. And I, I found that therapist, interviewed that therapist, wrote the first book with that therapist called Zero Limits, did three events with that therapist, Zero Limits 1, Zero Limits 2, Zero Limits 3. And I still do the practice myself every single day. In fact, Ho'oponopono, which I'll share with everybody. I mean, nobody needs to go read a book. The essence of it is four phrases, which you say inside yourself as you're feeling a concern about a problem or challenge, whatever you think the issue is. And what you're saying inside yourself are these four phrases to your connection to what he would call the divine. Somebody might call God. You can call it your higher power. You can call it nature. You can call it Gaia. There's all kinds of names for this power that's greater than all of us. And the four phrases. The four phrases are simply, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So to demonstrate it real quick, if somebody is feeling some disturbance right now, something's bothering them. They just had an argument. They just had a disappointment. Something's not going well in their world. And so they're frustrated. First thing to notice is where, where do you feel this? You never feel the frustration. You never feel the ache out there. It's always in you. You'll attribute it to something out there. But what we want to realize is the pain is in you. It's not out there. might be triggered by what you think is out there, but the button is in you. And so we want to clean the button. We want to clear it. We want to delete the button. How do we do it? With Ho'oponopono, you say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. As you're feeling this disturbance and you're saying it as a kind of a prayer, as a kind of petition to your connection to God, the divine, Gaia, nature, whatever feels comfortable to you. And it's a plea for the great something, which is what I often call it, the great something. Joseph Campbell called it the great mystery. And you're asking it to rectify your perception. Ho'oponopono means to make right. And what you're doing is cleaning up your perception. Go back to the therapist at the hospital when he looked at the charge for the mentally ill criminals, he was repulsed. He was upset. What he cleared was his feelings of repulsion, his feelings of upset. It wasn't about the patient. It was about the therapist's response to the patient. 
So he'd go within and say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And over time, he got better. And most miraculously, the patients got better. They started where they didn't have to be sedated anymore. They didn't have to be shackled anymore. Within a few months, some of them were pronounced as healthy and ready to go back into society. And they were released. In four years, all but I think one of them were released. And I went and researched all of this. It's all in the book, the first book, Zero Limits. The second book is called At Zero. The third book, which just came out, is called The Fifth Phrase. And so that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I wanted to at least give people enough to, to work with. It is a meditative practice. It is something you practice. It is something you do all the time. You don't have to wait for a problem. And it could become the background audio in your head. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad that you shared the background story because uh, I know it's it has a little bit of disturbance to it, but at the same time, there's such beauty in in what what the energy transcended into. And didn't the hospital like shut down and all the patients left or something at the end? Like I can't. Yeah, when I was writing Zero Limits, I found out that the hospital was closed, that or not the hospital, that ward was closed because mm -hmm. all the patients were pronounced as healed and they were released, which mm -hmm. is it's just mind blowing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working to get this turned into a movie because I think this is like the famous movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, only this is happier, has a better ending, and a much more positive message. Yeah, absolutely. And I think positivity in those messages in this world right now are, are needed even more, more than ever with, with where we're at because we're really missing that connection piece, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, we have it right now. We're rolling on here. We got it going online. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I want to let everybody know, because you've got a few juicy things that you have in store. Um, if people want to get to know you a little bit more, learn how to work with you, where they can find you, um, you've got a Facebook group here, right? And mm -hmm. a course coming out that is top secret, right? Top secret? <laughs> <laughs> it was top secret until now. It's top uh, secret until now. I spilled the beans. <laughs> you, you have an exclusive here. Here's an exclusive news bulletin. I have created a five-part video course that's called um, Zero Limits Living Kickstart. And this is a five-part course with me creating these five videos that anybody can have for free. And believe me, I could be charging for this. I can charge hundreds of dollars because this five-part video course has a lot of information, a lot of processes, a lot of inspiration in very five, in very short five videos. They're like 10 minutes each. And part of what I've done is I've heard people who said, I want to hire you, Joe, but I don't have any money. All right, I'm going to give this course away for free. I've heard people say, I want to pay attention to what you have to say, but I don't have any time. All right. Each one of the modules in the five-part uh, course is less than 10 minutes. And then the rest of it is up to you. If I'm going to give it away and you can make the time to do it, watch it while you're drinking coffee or while you go for a walk or relax or lounge, then the rest is just watch it and act on whatever is there for you to do. I'm doing my best to help people. But they got to meet me part way and at least watch the videos and do something. So it is free, five parts, Zero Limits Living Kickstart. And it's free for anybody that goes to the Facebook group, which is called Dr. Joe Vitale Zero Limits. 
Yeah, and you will see that is posted in the comments. Thank you, Anita, for doing so. Oh, yes, thanks. everybody, that is available. Take advantage of that. I know I, in my beginning, earlier days when I started getting into this world, you know, I, it was like you say, it was books, it was courses like that, that was available. And, you know, really utilizing those tools, um, if you're not in a position to, and then you can manifest the next stage, right? <laughs> That's what we're looking well, we're always the thing to realize is that we're always manifesting. But for most of us, we've been doing it unconsciously, it's been by default. And so whatever the pre programmed beliefs were, it's been creating our reality all along. It's just that now, maybe for the first time ever in somebody's life, they're hearing that, oh, if I change my beliefs and I set an intention and I take action and I learn more about the law of attraction, I can actually create a life I prefer. That's when life gets really juicy. And that's what's available to all of us. I mentioned I was homeless at one point. I was in poverty for the longest time. I transcended all of that. And it, for me, it took a lot longer because there was no internet. There were no freebies like the five-part video course. Uh, there was a whole lot of things that we take for granted today that were not available for me then. But I still did it. And so anybody can do it. Go and get the in information and apply the information and then expect miracles. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and and so and I want to ask you, Joe, um, because this is something that we do here at, at the One Million Meditators each week is if, if I was able to give you a magic wand and you could you could wave it, what would you what, what, what would that look like? You know, I love the question. What you don't know is that's the question I use with virtually everybody I work with in private. If people hire me for a mentoring session, I will often pretend I have a magic wand and I can wave it and I can give you anything you want. You just have to be able to tell me what you want. And very often that's a challenge for people. And also I am a magician and so I have actual magic wands <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> this one has a crystal in it. This is actually a magic wand. And this one, well, I can go on forever with magic wands. But uh, I would, jeez, uh, what a great question. I was stalling to come up with a good answer by telling you about all of my wands. So if I had a magic wand, I think that I will, I would want people to the awaken to the reality that they have a choice. I don't think I would want them to automatically default into some new mental and spiritual position, not without knowing that they have a choice over it. So they already have a choice, but they probably don't know they have a choice. Depending on where people are in their spiritual development, a lot of what you and I talk about will be foreign to them, new to them, unbelievable to them. So I would wave the magic wand and I would want everybody to have a snap in consciousness to realize, oh, I have a choice. I can lead a negative life. I can lead a positive life. I can lead a life of scarcity. I can lead a life of abundance. I often say life is really an optical illusion. You get what you actually believe. You don't get reality. You get your version of reality. And your version of reality is based on your beliefs. But again, most of us don't know that. So the magic wand, snap of the fingers, and they would know that. Ooh, I love that. 
that's a juicy one. That's a very good one. <laughs> because um, yeah, it is true. There is a lot of information out there and it can seem overwhelming, especially when you're, you know, you're first opening up to it and you're first starting to, you know, have the different types of experiences. Um, so I'm really glad that you shared that. And something else that we always do is send out a love share. And so this week I want to send my love share out to the community here at One Million Meditators. You guys are all great. You've been participating to make some things happen for our uh, global meditation event coming up here in March. I got my own love share. Okay. <gasps> yours is, is kind of cooler than mine. You've got these cool wands. You've got cool love shares. We got to change things up here. <laughs> it, just props. Just props to make people interested. And But there's mine. <laughs> Uh, thank you so, so very much. And of course, for everybody watching, we will post all the links below to where you can find the amazing Dr. Joe Vitali, his course, his Facebook group, um, website, you name it, we'll find it. We'll put it there so that you can. And if you are watching the podcast, please leave us a review after we would gratefully uh, appreciate that. Um, so is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Um, before you go, I mean, you've given us so many gold nuggets that, you know, I don't even think I should ask for another, but you know, if there's anything you want to leave us with, you know, the well, <laughs> thank you for that. And I, I think I want to acknowledge you for what you're doing. You are making a difference. You are touching lives. You are bringing the light to people that might be struggling with uh, a tinge of darkness. And so I acknowledge what you're doing. I support you and I'm glad to be here to participate. And for everybody watching, I, I want you to know that whatever you're going through is temporary. This too will pass. The sun always rises. It's really important to believe in yourself, to take positive action, and to practice what you've been learning from her and anywhere else that you're getting it. So you can be a beacon of light to everybody else. And again, as I like to say, expect miracles. I love you all. Godspeed to you. Have an awesome day. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will be back again next week. Thank you, Dr. Joe. This has been incredible. Bye, everybody. Have a fabulous day. <laughs>